And now a reading from the Gospel of Luke, the fourth chapter, beginning with the first verse. Let's listen together for God's holy word. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to Jesus, If you're the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority because it's been given to me and I would love to give it to you. If you then would worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only God. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished his every test, he departed from Jesus until an appropriate time. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in the synagogue and was praised by everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Amen. Well, it started, this season of Lent, it started on Wednesday with the ashes being put on foreheads in the sanctuary or out front uh, of the church as people drove by on uh, Wednesday. That was uh, quite a meaningful experience to participate in the marking of the crosses on people's foreheads. Remember that you were dust and to dust you shall return. These are the words that are spoken. Repent and believe the gospel. I heard a Catholic priest say not long ago that he had had a hard time finding ashes that were dark enough because palm fronds themselves, if you burn them, they, they have a hard time getting really, really dark. 
they are kind of light and you put the cross on your forehead or someone's forehead and you can hardly see it and to add some charcoal or something to make the cross more visible. Um, we are in a season where we're going to pay attention to the fact that our world is marked not only by some minor sins and indiscretions, but some really dark forces are at work in our world. They always have been. They are finally and ultimately defeated by Christ on the cross. But right now, we are still dealing in a deep way this season with our imperfections. The ancient church had a list of what they call the seven deadly sins. Anybody want to recite them on me? <laughs> Envy, pride, covetousness, gluttony, sloth, lust, and anger. If you like that list, okay. I have my own list. Uh, some of those apply, but <laughs> others are not on the list, but they do apply to me. I am not a perfect person. I am a flawed human being. And this is a season where we tell the truth about who we are as imperfect people in light of God's eternal goodness. Now, that's not to say, you know, we're all worms who, you know, need to go get under the bed and hide forever as if there was nothing good in us. We are made in God's image. We are the ones for whom Christ died and rose again from the dead. But the deal is, we sometimes need to think about how we are human and how we fall short. Today's reading from Luke's Gospel takes us straight to the heart of this matter. Jesus is in the wilderness. And as I picked up the Gospel story that I read to you, what I didn't read was this scene of the temptation by Satan follows immediately after Jesus' baptism. I mean, he comes up from the Jordan River and the Lord says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm very well pleased and so on and so forth. And then the next thing that happens is that the Spirit calls Jesus into this time of testing and trial. Isn't that odd? The same Spirit that descended upon him at his baptism now is saying, okay, take this. This is going to be 40 days worth of testing. Yes, you are going to be tested. And I'm going to be tested. The way I look at it, if Jesus had to go through what he had to go through, then it's a cinch that even regular people like us will have some dark and difficult nights of the soul. 
I don't know that anyone gets uh, smooth sailing 24-7. Life is a mixture, isn't it? Hard things to deal with, beautiful things to celebrate. I, I'm going to think and assume that God wanted to make sure, and this is just a suggestion on my part, but what if God wanted to make sure that Jesus had the right stuff? That this was God's knowing that he needed for Jesus to be strong and to do what God needed to have done. I think that's part of the story. But I think the other part of the story is simply this, that God is with Jesus as he goes through his trials, as he goes through his temptations, and he realizes, he realizes that the one who created him would always and forever sustain him. I love the, the alternate words for the, the Trinity, the creator, the redeemer, and the sustainer. I love the thought that the spirit will sustain us in whatever circumstance we find ourselves. And we'll find ourselves in some daunting ones if we haven't already. I love a line from one of Mary Oliver's poems where she writes, nobody gets out of it. Nobody gets out of having to swim through the fires to stay in this world. That's been the case with me, at least, and still is. I, I'm looking for a better world. I mean, I would wish I could make one. I, I wish that we could um, have a world without war. I wish that uh, the most demonic person I know in public life these days, a man named Vladimir Putin, I wish he was not acting in such a demonic and, and cruel way. 1.3 million people in the Ukraine have been displaced. 1.3 million people. And do you know how many of those people are children? You've seen them holding their, their dolls, their daddy's hand or their mother's hand. 500,000. Now, Jesus says no to the temptations of the devil. And I want to say to Vladimir Putin and to all who cause such unnecessary harm and cruelty, no. Some things need not to happen. If something has the feeling of the force of evil, then believe me. You have to say no. And you have to do it on a large scale and you have to do it in your own life. 
I want that world where compassion is stronger than competition. I, I want an easier life for all people on this planet, but life is not easy always. And Jesus, Son of God, fully God, fully human, came to show us how to live and how to die and how to win over all those forces that would destroy us and separate us from God and neighbor. The devil challenged Jesus. He waited till he was ripe for the picking. Did you, did you notice that the word famished, that adjective was used for Jesus? Uh, I don't know whether Jesus wore pants or not. I mean, I don't know whether he wore a robe or pants. But I do like to think that if he wore pants and had a belt on, he would have it in the very last notch and still be about to lose his trousers. Because he was famished, he hadn't eaten in 40 days. Could not be more vulnerable. So Satan says, let's turn this stone into a loaf of bread. And three times, this is the first one, look, Jesus says, I, don't tell me that, I don't believe you. Um, I could do it. He goes to his tradition for sustenance. He quotes scripture. It is written that one does not live by bread alone. Now that's what you call trust. That's, that's it. Here is, a, here is Jesus going to his tradition and standing on the promise the ancient promise that you don't have to eat to stay alive. Because he didn't want to be a slave to Satan. He wanted to remember who he was, a beloved child of God. And then all the kingdoms of the world, who, who I mean, people like power, don't they? We like power. We like to be in control. I, I really like to be in control of things. I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world, Jesus says, Satan says. And Jesus answers again, relying on tradition. Worship the Lord your God and serve only one God. The final temptation, do something spectacular and magnificent and the angels will lift you up and keep you from breaking your neck when you jump off the pinnacle of the temple. No, he says, I'm not going to do that either. Don't you know not to put the Lord your God to the test? There are all kinds of temptations out there, all kinds of things we have to deal with. I've, I've thought a lot this week and prayed a lot this week about you and about this church and how tempting it might be to say, 
I'm a little afraid of what's going to happen now. Because I don't like change very much. And what's going to happen to my church? Will things be the same? Well, they will be the same and they will not be the same. But God will always be God and Lord of this church. Jesus chose not to exercise divine privilege. He was tempted, but he said no. I came across a, a piece written by, by a Catholic monk who lives in an abbey or a monastery. He, he, his monastery is in the desert, and he writes, I like coffee. I don't know whether you like coffee, but I really like coffee, and the older I get, the more I like it. He writes, the older I get, the more I need it. I don't want to spend the morning feeling dull and weak. And so one morning at the monastery, not even thinking about it, I went into the kitchen and poured myself a cup of coffee and I drank it. And it tasted so good, I poured another cup and I drank that and I actually finished off all the coffee. There was no coffee left for my brothers, not a drop. Years later, I still feel the shame of having done that. I still have the bitter black remains. It seems a tiny thing. And yet, in that cup of coffee taken and not shared is the root of all the evil that disturbs us the poison of arrogance, selfishness, the need to control. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus would have left the coffee for my brothers. Me, I drank it all myself. So they're big sins and they're little sins but this deep root that it's all about me, me, myself, and I, and that I'm entitled to have what I want when I want it, and I don't give a hoot about anybody else. Now that's sin, and that's evil. And we need to watch out for it. Now, you, you haven't asked me yet, but I know you want to know, do I believe there really is a Satan? You know, a red-suited, pitchforky guy? No. But I do believe the Bible helps us tremendously with this personification of evil and sin that is very real. 
in this world. And it's not just a condition confined to your human heart or mine. Jesus is always fighting the powers of darkness, isn't he? Uh, all over the New Testament. Um, it's real and it's there. And God knows that we need a savior who will show us how to handle it. We need to learn how to see evil for what it is in our society and in ourselves. Satan will not carry the day. God will carry the day. That's why we celebrate Easter, because there all the forces against God have uh, tucked their tails in and run. Being tempted by Satan is inevitable, but yielding to Satan is not inevitable. You have moral power, and you can choose the good, and you can catch yourself when you are glibly justifying what you're doing because you need it or you want it, or it just feels good. There's a book that I like written a long time ago by a theologian named Paul Tillich, and the name of the book is The Courage to Be. And for some reason, this idea came into my mind, the wilderness is what can give us the courage to be, to be the kind of moral agent God wants us to be, to trust completely that God has us covered. Yes, the journey to Jerusalem is long. Yes, the desert is dry. Yes, the devil has promised to show his face again. Oh, that's what gets me every time I read that passage. I'll come back another time. The devil isn't even through with Jesus yet, so he certainly wouldn't be through with us yet. But we're covered. We're covered by the mercy and grace and love of God. We are sustained by the mercy and grace and love of God. So we say to the Lord, we say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. If you can remember that, my God in whom I trust, my God in whom I trust, I'm telling you, everything's going to be okay. God's got you covered. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.